0: Wherever you are, (laughs) I am.
1: Welcome back to Allegedly Astrology. Each week we'll be breaking down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Dana, what's today's topic?
0: Today we're talking about the Titanic and the Challenger explosion.
1: Yes, these are some of the most infamous tragedies in history, especially the Titanic. And the Titanic itself has inspired countless books, documentaries, articles a musical and films, including one of my personal top 10 movies of literally all time, the Kate Winslet and Leo DiCaprio Oscar winning movie, appropriately titled The Titanic. So
0: Oscar winning. Oh my God, so
1: good. Oscar winning. (laughs) I had a whole Titanic themed birthday party when I was 10. It was a whole thing. So uh, yeah, Sarah, tell us a little bit more about it.
2: So during the early 1900s, the big industry thing to do to make money off of was the transatlantic ship industry. And there was a lot of competition. So the Titanic came about as a result of this huge dick measuring contest between two rival shipping lines. One was called the White Star. Well, actually, I think it was called White Star Lines. And the other was called the Cunard. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. But the Cunard ships were like super fast and that was like what they were known as like they would go across the ocean in like no time at all and the white star lines like couldn't really compete with them so the white star was like okay instead of being fast we're just going to be very very chic and very luxe and so they decided to just like go big literally with it and they wanted to make a flip a fleet of the largest ships ever and one of the ships that they were making was the titanic
0: Um, Okay. And so the chart for the beginning of this is like March 31st, 1909 in Belfast. Um, And this was an Aries sun and a Leo moon day. And so Aries and Leo are both fire signs and fire signs are passionate and confident, uh, sometimes overly confident. Um, And on this day, Uranus was conjunct Mars and Capricorn. And so this is a crazy aspect (laughs) uranus (laughs) and mars both represent explosions and explosives (laughs) literally and like uranus is catastrophe mars is the a malefic so it's catastrophic or extreme and but in capricorn this aspect will like it'll be more exacting and measured but no less potent and so it's just an aspect of like risk and restlessness um and it could be like since capricorn loves to get to the top it could be like restless about getting to the top um And Pluto was conjunct the North Node in Gemini, and this is an aspect of transformation because the North Nodes are eclipse points. Eclipses tend to change some aspect of, of like, life overnight, whereas Pluto is more of a slow and intense burn. Um, And in Gemini, this, like, has to do with communication, uh, duplicates, so, like, maybe rivalry, Gossip and details and Pluto also relates to like power and control. So it could be like wanting to build something bigger than anything before.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I'm an Aries sun. I feel that deeply in my soul, but I've had my ego checked once or twice before. Just like the Titanic, but in a much different way.
2: (laughs) So the building of the Titanic was a really big deal. And honestly, to me, that Aries sun and Leo moon is to me is just like very big like big dick energy like you want to be like flashy and in your face and like have everyone look at you um and it makes a lot of sense because titanic was the biggest ship that had ever existed which is hard for me to wrap my head around but it's hull which is like the bottom part of the ship i am not like a you know like any sort of like naval person but it's the bottom part of the ship But it was the largest man made object in the world at that time, which, once again, to me is insane. And in today's dollars, it cost 400 million to build. And because of all of this, cool. And because of all of this, Titanic had a reputation that it was practically unsinkable. Mm. It also didn't help that the president of White Star Line, his name was J. Bruce Ismay or Ismay. Um, went on telling everyone that the Titanic couldn't sink, so he was just like, "Fuck you all, look at me!" But now everyone hates him because he said that. And then I remember the know, scene in the movie traveling. where
0: they're like, "It's unsinkable," and you're like, "Okay, we know okay, how it ends." Okay,
2: some for- Yeah, we we know all this. Movie I do
0: ends, like those sort but- of gratuitous corny lines, though. Yeah, because um, I bet that actually did happen because Jay Bruce Ismay was born on December 12th 1862 in Crosby Lancashire England um, and so the first thing I noticed when I looked at his chart oh, again so we don't have his birth time we don't know his rising right but I noticed that he has zero water placements which is like ahaha <laughs> right
2: <laughs> <Hello. Ironic>. um, <laughs> after just saying like Oh, we don't like, cor- or like, we like corny lines. <laughs> I know. You're like, first thing <laughs> first. A lot of what he's I say no is water pretty corny. water placement. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, that's hilarious. I had no idea I was about to do that. Um, walked right into that one. So <laughs> definitely take it with a grain of salt, since we don't know his rising, that he has no water placements, but like, whatever. he's an abundance of fire placements, which will make him passionate, confident, and uh, prone to trying to stunt. Um, so he's a Sagittarius sun and a Leo or Virgo moon. His sun is in Sagittarius along with Mercury, Venus, and his north node. Uh, So he's like super Sag heavy and Sagittarius is the optimist of the Zodiac. Um, And it can also be hyperbolic and overconfident, maybe especially when there's like a heavy concentration or an abundance of planets in the sign. And Neptune stationed direct at one degree Aries on the day he was born. And so whenever a planet stations in a natal chart, either direct or retrograde, Um, that planet's going to be like super loud for the native. And so Neptune is literally water and oceans and icebergs. Um, and in the book, Horoscope Symbols by Robert Hand, uh, he says that the Aries point, which is zero degrees Aries, um, In a person's birth chart, like if there's a placement at zero degrees Aries or, you know, like within a degree, this signifies like someone that their person, like the person's life will have an impact on the public in some way related to that placement or planet there. And so like this is super literal, right? Because Neptune is also like deception and water and his Neptune stationed at zero degrees Aries, which he really obviously was related to the public. Um, And so also JBI was born one week after a Gemini lunar eclipse and one week before a Sagittarius solar eclipse. And being born during eclipse season, much like Anna Delvey, can signify extreme circumstances in one's life. And at the time of the shipbuilding, um, he was in his nodal opposition. So his north node is in Sagittarius and um, the transiting north node was in Gemini and vice versa. And so... The North Node is the future and the South Node is the past. And when these two planets are opposite or these two um, nodes, they're not planets, are opposite, it's like the future meeting the past. Um, And so basically, like your path is being rerouted in some way. The opposition can be more uncomfortable than the return. And it's just like it's a faded time in someone's life.
1: Wow. That's a lot. You know, these extreme, these eclipse folks like are just bound to have shit go down in their life.
2: But eventually the Titanic was ready to hit the seat but it was like a five or six day trip from Southampton, England to New York. And something that I personally wasn't aware of is I always thought the Titanic was just going straight to New York. But really, it made a few stops. It stopped in France and Ireland. And people did get off there. And I bet they're super pumped (laughs) that they did. But the captain of the ship is Captain Edward J. Smith. He was a seasoned captain. He was like, used to like being on these big ships with super rich people. So he was like well known at the time and he was in charge of controlling all the White Star Line's biggest ships. So, you know, this was like not his first rodeo. And now knowing all this, let's check out the Titanic's chart for its maiden voyage.
0: So the Titanic left, like Sarah said, from Southampton, England on April 10th, 1912. And I ran the chart for noon, which is when it said it left on time and other like a newspaper said it left at 1215. Either way, the rising and the Midheaven are the same. Um, And so it's an Aries sun, a Capricorn moon and a Leo rising. So again, we have Aries and Leo um, Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac, which makes it like the baby. So it symbolizes new undertakings and like fresh shit. It's springtime. It's like, hey, here I am. I'm super confident. Like, I'm very enthusiastic to be here and I will try and I'm not ashamed. And like, yay, let's do it. And then Leo rising is just extra as hell. I'm a Leo rising. I'm wearing <laughs> a fake Gucci pajama shirt right now. It it's just very much needs to be seen and witnessed. Like, it's it's excited. And like, it's very like it's a sign that would be like, or like the placement that would be like, I have the biggest ship ever. Like the ship costs almost $400 million, million um, <laughs> in 2021 dollars. Um, and so there's Capricorn moon really balances this chart out. I think Capricorn moons are serious and steady like Courtney uh, Kardashian. They're also super productive Um, and Capricorn symbolizes ice though. And the moon is how aspects materialize into reality. So this is pretty literal. Um, also, it was at 29 degrees when they took off, 29 degrees of Capricorn. So it entered Aquarius like a few hours later and crossed Uranus, a.k.a. the planet of disaster and crises within 24 hours. Yikes. hmm And the sun was conjunct the North Node and the Midheaven. And the sun illuminates whatever it touches. The Midheaven is the destiny point of a chart, especially in like an event chart. Um, the Ascendant is where we start and the Midheaven is where we go. And like I said earlier, the North Node is an eclipse point. And the Titanic set sail a week before a solar eclipse in Aries and a week after a lunar eclipse in Libra. So just like JBI was born in the middle of eclipse season, so the Titanic also set sail during in the middle of eclipse season and Mars and Neptune were in cancer in the 12th house and Mars aggression and also catastrophe and Neptune and cancer both relate to the ocean and the 12th house is the house of isolation, turmoil and self-destruction Um, and Mars and Cancer isn't always comfortable.
2: I hate Mars and Cancer. Right, and I have
0: Mars and Cancer, and (laughs) it's rough. And so Uranus was in Aquarius conjunct the Descendant, and Uranus, again, is Catastrophe. Aquarius is a sign of the Collective. And the Descendant in, like, a traditional chart or um, in a horary chart is, it could be endings. It's also in horary, it's the opponent. Um, So it's not, like, in, like, a birth chart, it's, like, your, like, partner, but... In other charts, it's kind of not always as, like, sexy. And so um, Mercury also stationed retrograde on April 5th. Uh, and so, like, this was just all about a big yikes. Uh, I It doesn't seem like they hired an astrologer.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> they should have known better.
2: We're going to get more a bit into, like, I don't know, like, talking about, like, who was on the Titanic. Because they were souls, which I... Found Sweet. out is, like, in general, when you get on a ship, you say how many souls. Like, even oh, if you didn't die, you just sad. say there's, like, 2,000
0: souls, which is, like, creepy to me. I kind of but like it. And I just got chills.
2: It's just weird. But there was, t- like, about 2,200-ish total people on the Titanic. Um, And that includes both passengers and crew. And passengers were separated into three classes, First, second and third and third class was also known as steerage, which is like, just like, let them be. <laughs> yeah. that, you know, Titanic and the people who went on it, went on it because they knew they were getting luxury. So all the accommodations, even steerage, like third class at every level were like very, 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 very much nicer than you would find on any ship during that time. Um, but the one
1: thing Titanic was lacking in was lifeboats. So that will really come into play later. Um, Apparently, there were only sixteen boats and four collapsibles, which were lifeboats that weren't wooden. They were like ones you could, I guess, uncollapse.
0: Yeah, it's like inflatable. Sixteen. Yeah, for twenty-two hundred people.
1: That basically equates to only enough seats in those lifeboats for about a third of the people on board.
2: But that was just like no one cared. Also, because it literally met like what you had to do for regulations. And also no one thought that like the Titanic would sink anyway. So, you know, the Titanic is just like going on. Everyone's like living their best lives. Like nothing really is happening for the first few days. But there are quite a few reports from other ships that there are icebergs in the area.
1: So the conditions during the night... Um, that the Titanic sank were pretty spooky. Um, it was a moonless night, so there was almost no light. The sky was really clear, so the boat was sailing on very calm seas, which does sound chill. But the issue is, if there were, if the seas were a little bit rougher, the crew would have been able to see the icebergs much more clearly because the waves would have been crashing against them, like in the middle of the ocean. So they'd be like, "Oh, why are those waves crashing?" Um, and they would have been able to see it. But they also couldn't find the binoculars that they used <laughs> to look for icebergs. So, like, that was also not good at all. No.
2: And also, like, find them. Kind, of, like kind of hilarious, but not hilarious. It's like you know? they, they
1: don't have technology, so they're just, like, the only thing are these fucking binoculars that some drunk sailor probably, like, lost in a <laughs> bed.
2: So about 1130 that night, a crew member sees an iceberg coming out of the haze right in front of the ship and is like, oh shit. He rings this bell as is custom to do when you see an iceberg. And he calls people being like, yo, there's an iceberg. And in response, the engines of the Titanic were reversed so it could kind of like swing sideways around it and not hit it dead on. And what ends up happening is like, The boat just kind of seems to like graze along the side of the iceberg.
1: Initially, everyone was like... That was close Um, and it didn't seem like much had happened, but they didn't know that the iceberg was extremely jagged under the water and one of the jagged pieces had actually slashed a 300 foot hole in the bottom of the ship and they couldn't see it yet. So let's talk about what happened um, in the Titanic chart at this time.
0: Okay, so the Titanic hit the iceberg on April 14th, 1912 at 1130 p.m., um, and the coordinates are online if you want to go look at them. At this time, the sun was in Aries still, um, but the moon had entered Pisces, uh, which technically makes me think that they're kind of lying about it being a moonless night since it's leading up to an Aries solar eclipse, which is a new moon, but I'm going to have to believe them since I was not there. The moon was in Pisces, a water planet and or a water placement. And uh, the chart had a Scorpio rising. And Scorpio is a planet of roots and guts, uh, which kind of if there was like a Scorpio thing in the water, it could be an iceberg, right? Because it's what's going on below. If
2: oh, yeah, yeah. If Taurus
0: is the flower, then Scorpio is the roots, right? Um, so it's similar to that. Uh, Scorpio was ruled by Mars, which was in Cancer, along with Neptune. And when it hit the iceberg, Mars and Neptune... We're in the ninth house, which is the house of long distance travel.
2: Well, yeah. I feel like that person, like, you know, that makes a weird face like it comes like up. You know what I'm talking about? That meme. Yeah, we need to get the
0: horns like. Boo, boop, boop, boop,
2: yeah. Boo, boop, boop, boop.
0: Yeah. Or we just do it ourselves. Um, yeah. <laughs> And Leo was the midheaven, which um was the rising sign. Remember when they set sail. So this is kind of like the beginning meeting its fate. Um, and Saturn was conjunct the descendant in Taurus, and Saturn is a planet of discipline, restriction, endings, and literally like it's it relates to ice and coldness. And the descendant, again in mundane charts or horror charts, can be endings or opponents.
2: Oh. Mm-hmm. That's like huh. whenever it's so literal, I'm always like shit. Yeah, and off. it keeps being that way. I know. So back on the ship, the captain eventually goes to check things out with a few other people. And they basically realized that they're fucked. Like, those compartments that had those watertight doors at the bottom of the boat that were supposed to make it unsinkable. Like, yeah, they're already filled with water. And I think, like, they were out of the 16 compartments. I think they were fine if, like, four had filled, but they were already at five. Um, So the weight of the water at this time is causing the ship to, like, start going forward, like, pushing down. And so all the water is just continuously spilling forward from the gash in the side. Yeah. And at this
1: point, the crew realizes that they have about two hours before the ship sinks. Just is not a lot of time for that many people. So the captain calls for help and tells everyone to get in the lifeboats. But because no one thought that the Titanic could sink, the crew didn't actually practice Jesus. unloading the lifeboats. So it was just, like,
2: extremely, like, disorganized and chaotic. It's
0: so yeah. obnoxious.
2: Also, like, people thought that, like, no one realized that they had hit anything. So I think when people started being like, yo, you got to get the fuck off this boat, like, we hit something, they were all like, no, like I want to stay here and like continue drinking or like dancing shoeless, like in the bottom steerage, you know, <laughs> like they no one thought there was like anything going on, but they still had to evacuate. So it took an hour for the first lifeboat, which to be is lowered. so insane. I know. And it was really filled in like a half ass way, which is like the story of this. Um, and it was able to hold 65 people, but it left with only 28. But this was like, common the whole evacuation was just like a total shit show they started with like women and children first but in the chaos like the lifeboats were never really filled to cut like to capacity
1: which is so dumb and so you know we we know how how elitist britain is still is today um so yeah being being rich basically secured your survival because they started the evacuation with the first class passengers
2: while the evacuation was going on the bow of the ship which is the front part of the ship was filling with water and kept sinking into the water. So eventually the back part of the ship, which to me, this is a terrifying image. The back part of the ship started rising out of the water. So you were able to see like the propellers of that side of the boat in the air. And then this caused a lot. I know, like even in the movie, you're like, what the fuck? So this like thing, like this happening, put a lot of strain on the midsection of the boat. So then at this point, the lights went out on the whole ship. So the whole ship is just dark. And then the ship breaks in two, like down the middle. And just three hours after sideswiping the iceberg, the Titanic sank into the sea. So what is going on at this moment? Because I'm stressed out. Okay, So
0: this was April 15th, 1912 again at 2.20 a.m. off the coast of Newfoundland in the North Atlantic. The chart has a Sagittarius rising conjunct Jupiter. And Jupiter is like the planet of gigantism um, and Sagittarius is a sign of optimism. It's also a traveling sign, the sign of like travel, basically. Um, And on the rising, like this is just super potent and action packed. Both Jupiter and Sagittarius also kind of relate to the subjective truth. Mercury also, again, was retrograde and it was conjuncting the sun by now. And so Mercury retrograde, we know what that is. It's like, you know, it's uh. Communication going haywire, and yeah, um, when it's like crossing the sun retrograde, uh, the sun illuminates. It's illuminating the truth. Uh, so whenever there's, this is called the Mercury can see me Mercury conjunct the sun, and when it's Mercury retrograde, it's like, oh shit, that's basically <laughs> what it is. You're like, oh shit, I'm finding something out that makes me go, oh shit. And so, right, the Titanic, you know, it's not unsinkable. Um, and Venus was square Mars, and so Venus rules Libra and Mars rules Aries. And like I said earlier um the titanic sets sail between a libra lunar eclipse and an aries solar eclipse and so and also squares our aspects of struggle and tension so this is kind of just like the eclipses like right in between and it's like this huge tension moment right does that make sense yeah Yeah. right okay and so you guys were supposed to react more to my leo rising oh wow Wow, Dana. Um, yeah, I know. Uh and so Pluto was in the seventh house, which can symbolize death, like because Pluto is power struggles. And the seventh house, again, can be a place of endings, as we're learning all throughout this episode.
1: Dana, we have to play it cool sometimes. We can't just ooh and ah the whole episode. You know, <laughs> sometimes we just gotta nod our heads along. No, I
0: want you guys to be honest. I need to know the truth.
1: The truth is the Titanic was not unsinkable and that Mercury retrograding fucking told the world that and that's where all the chaos was coming from because no one could get anyone in the lifeboat because no one could communicate anything and there was just sad violins playing the whole time.
2: So everyone that was in a lifeboat or on some sort of debris kept afloat like Kate Winslet and not in the water was rescued by Cunard's Carpathia, which arrived about an hour after the Titanic had sunk. Just a
1: reminder that the Cunard was the rival ship company that the Titanic was built to compete against. So kind of like a really just to talk about twist in the knife on that one. The
0: Cunard is the seventh house to the Titanic's first house, by the way.
2: Out of the 2200-ish people that were aboard the Titanic, only 700 people survived. And this is sad, but the majority of the people in the water died from hypothermia because the water was so cold. So it was like 28 degrees, I think.
1: God, that just seems like, the, like a really bad way to die. Yeah, really you know. Terrible. So this might be a good time to do something that we haven't done before, which is take two charts of two people that were both at this event to see sort of like how they might have responded differently. And so this is different from what we normally do with a bi-wheel. We're just sort of looking at these two people's charts to see how they might have reacted differently or experienced this event in different ways. So this one will do on Molly Brown and one on Thomas Andrews.
2: Yes, yeah, so Molly Brown is my girl. She's a Denver socialite and a philanthropist. She was first class on the Titanic. Some of you who also saw James Cameron's film might recognize her as the woman played by Kathy Bates um but molly was dope she got on one of the lifeboats and she demanded to go back to look for passengers who were alive and in the water we're not sure if like they actually turned around but i know she threatened to like throw some of the crew members over if they didn't do it which is cool by the time
1: that the carpathia like landed she had somehow raised like ten thousand dollars hell yeah for the survivors that had like lost everything which is bless her. crazy um, and then Thomas Andrew who we mentioned was a naval architect and he was the person that oversaw the plans for the Titanic he was on the Titanic because it was this thing that he had to go check out to make sure everything was working properly because like I said it was its maiden an and only voyage <laughs> so um, unfortunately for Thomas he was not as lucky as Molly and he went down with the ship so that's where our, you know we had one survivor and one person who didn't survive so let's figure out what was going on um, in their charts for that day
0: okay so um we used molly brown's chart information from astro theme which is like a c rating so honestly her birth time could be wrong but we have it and that's what i'm using okay we're all good with that july 18th 1867 um is when she was born in hannibal missouri at 5 30 a.m um according to astro theme again and so at the time of the sinking the north node was conjunct um molly's midheaven in aries and again the north node is an eclipse point right and the midheaven is a destiny point um so this is a faded event for molly brown in her natal chart she has neptune conjunct the midheaven and neptune is the planet of illusions and oceans and this is her destiny point the midheaven so like you could say that her de- her if someone like looked at her chart unknowing you might say that okay neptune is related to her destiny right so the ocean or water is in some way related to her destiny especially because her midheaven is in the ninth house which relates to long distance travel so this is again Ah! super literal and the ninth house is uh doubly significant because it was her activated house and her annual perfections no
2: oh my god (laughs) which means that her
0: uh eclipses were happening in her perfected house so it's a big year for her um and her ninth house uh again is in aries which rules or which is ruled by mars and so mars is her time lord um and it was conjunct her natal uranus in cancer the transiting mars was conjunct her natal uranus and cancer in her 12th house and so the 12th house is about coming undone and mental health also molly was in her saturn opposition and saturn is the planet of like uh discipline and endings and um restriction it's also the planet about maturity so she's kind of like able to keep a level head at this time like the opposition is like it's a time of testing it's a it's the halfway point between in a cycle because a cycle always restarts when a planet is conjunct the place in your natal chart so she's in the halfway point like she's passed whatever tests you know and she's she's the one saying like let's go back we have to save people she's mature um and so she's like exhibiting that uh thomas andrews on the other hand on the other hand was born on February 7th, 1873 in Comer County, down Ireland. And his Uranus opposition was like exact the day that the Titanic sank. And Uranus, in contrast to Saturn, is like about crises and catastrophes. So they both could be like about malefic events. But Uranus is the planet of kind of like the Joker, right? It's like coming undone. And Saturn's more about like spooling it up or reeling it together. Reeling it in? That's it. And so for Thomas like this is a crisis. Everyone's Uranus opposition is not going to be like t- sinking on the Titanic for most people they might just be having like big life changes, but for Titan or for Thomas it was more literal and very uh extreme. And the sun was conjunct his natal Neptune and Neptune again is the ocean and water and the sun illuminates um whatever it's hitting. So like it's literally just hitting his like Neptune, his like, you know, the catastrophic water point. And in Aries it's ruled by Mars, which again is like it's violence and like It's malefic. Um, So it's like brings about... It's just extreme. That's what malefic is. A malefic planet or a malefic, yeah, placement is just one that relates to extreme events, kind of like an eclipse. But also, um, using solar perfections, Venus was his time lord. And on the day that the the ship sank, uh, he was in his Venus return. And so it was like the most important planet of his chart was returning to its natal plot. So he's like starting a new cycle, death. And, you know, in the middle of another one, his Uranus opposition. So... This is really illustrating the difference between Uranus and Saturn and oppositions. It's
2: too much for me to handle. I'm always afraid now. (laughs) But um, (laughs) so uh, the survivors finally arrived in New York and everybody is waiting for them and freaking out. Um, So they have an investigation into the sinking where crew members and survivors told their story of what had occurred because everyone was like, how did this happen? But the accounts were just very different because the whole event was just like very chaotic and confusing. So, you know, nothing really lined up.
1: Yeah. And, you know, this was an extremely tragic event. And some would say there were some positive things that came from it, though. Um, For one, there were regulations that were created that said that every ship would need to have enough lifeboat space for every passenger on board. Another thing was that people had to do lifeboat drills on every voyage so they could figure out how to get people into a lifeboat, which is great. Um, And then there became this thing called the International Ice Patrol, which came um, as a result. So people could warn ships of icebergs, which is sounds like a cool job.
2: So now let's fast forward several decades because something I didn't realize is that like in researching was that people didn't know where the Titanic was on the ocean floor after it sank for 70, like 70 something years. Um, but it was the most famous ship of all time. So all these explorers were like jerking themselves trying to find it. So eventually 70 years later, um, this dude Robert Ballard comes onto the scene.
1: Robert Ballard was a professor of oceanography And he's very well known for his work in underwater archaeology. And he's found a lot of famous shipwrecks through his hunting um, of various underwater disasters. Um, But he did this using modern solar technology, which they didn't have, um, you know, in the years right immediately after the Titanic.
2: Yes. And Robert finally discovered the Titanic in 1985. It took him and his crew two and a half hours to get to the wreck using a small submarine which stresses me out to think about it, and now I'm afraid of, like, deep water. Today, the U.S., the U.K., and Canada, and France have all agreed to protect the wreckage of the Titanic. It's considered to be a piece of history, and the inside still hasn't been fully explored, even after being at the bottom of the ocean for a hundred years.
1: Yeah, which is crazy. But speaking of the 1980s, we want to shift gears a little bit for a minute and compare the Titanic to another to another national tragedy that also resulted from this idea of like pride and feeling like technology can't fail us and you know what that is that's the challenger space shuttle disaster and the challenger is infamous because the media coverage in the aftermath was literally insane and it's used as a case study in what not to do when it comes to engineering workplace ethics so let's learn a little bit more
2: so the Challenger was a U.S. space shuttle that launched from Cape Canaveral, Florida. And its mission was to launch a satellite into space. And the whole situation, honestly, was like pretty sketch from the start. There were delays because another mission was happening and they like were having trouble bringing that crew down. So during the time it was delayed, suddenly in Florida, the weather decided to be cold, which like never happens here. So all this ice developed on the launch pad and you know the no one was prepared for ice to be ice on the in Florida bed. doesn't yeah. seem like
1: something that i would think
2: to prepare for either yeah so they still end up doing the launch they're like okay it'll be fine but it wasn't fine because 73 seconds after the launch the challenger broke apart in the air and exploded and this is bizarre but <laughs> bizarre facts but the flight controller said what the flight controller said that day in response to like watching these people like explode before his eyes is actually used at the beginning of the Beyonce song XO.
0: Oh. Like, you
2: know, where it's like yeah. flight burner. Yeah, wow. There's oh, clearly been, yeah.
0: So much darker now.
2: What did he and say? People, he says, like, it's just like flight control like you know, the beginning of the XO is like and it's like flight control. There's like been a massive, there's clearly been a massive issue. And then like she starts singing. So Whoa. no one, but like all the people, like that were relatives, were like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why did you put it at the beginning of the song? It has nothing to do with this." Like,
0: you know that Twitter wasn't even as big then, just based on the fact that we don't know about that.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, I always thought about it because I actually like that song I love from that song. Beyonce, and I always was like, "What the I fuck is this song?"
0: Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. night out. So should we talk about the chart?
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's right.
0: do that so it was january 28th uh 1986 over the atlantic ocean again the coordinates are online um off the coast of cape <laughs> canaveral florida at eleven thirty eight a.m and at this time it was an aquarius sun a virgo moon and a taurus rising aquarius sun aquarius is cold it's when the sun is in the dead of winter um Virgo moon is about details and it's literally about kind of like bringing it's a. it's about. So it's like, again, another mated voyage. Virgo is a sign of like the Virgin and the moon is also like here. It's like very it's critical and it's about details, not necessarily the whole picture. And the Taurus rising is about stability, which can also mean, you know, the loss of it. And the north node was conjunct the Taurus rising. And okay, what have we been talking about this whole episode? The north node, or the nodes are eclipse points. Uh, nodes, baby. The ascendant is the again the beginning of any chart. It like it it indicates the energy of an event. If you're looking at mundane astrology or like a, of an event astrology, and so it's like what you can expect. Um, and so, like I said, Taurus is about stability and or lack thereof. Um, Pluto was also conjunct the descendant and the south node. Uh, And Pluto is a planet of like, you know, just general nastiness, but also like power control. It's like it's it's uh, it's hard to explain. We've only known about it for less than 100 years. So we're still learning about it. Um, And the descendant is endings or opponents in horror astrology and just Pluto, like it's going to be about power or like something huge. It's transforming. It's transforming literally like it transformed the way we do, I'm sure, space now. And also fortune was conjunct Saturn in the eighth house. And so the lot of fortune is a point of destiny that's calculated using the big three, the sun, moon and rising. And it's about like what's beyond control. And it relates to bodies as well. And Saturn is endings. And the eighth house is the house of death.
1: Yep. Eighth house, death and taxes, baby. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But yeah, the challenger had seven people on board and probably the most well known was a teacher named Krista McAuliffe. And Krista had won a national search to be the first teacher in space, which sucks for her. And she was going to teach lessons from space and then go around the country lecturing students. Um, So what are her transits looking like the day of the launch?
0: Okay, so Krista was born on September 2nd, 1948, at 1030 p.m. in Boston, Massachusetts. And at the time of the crash, um, she was experiencing her nodal return in Taurus in the first house. The first house is about um, your body and your personality um, and just like things that are happening to like your body. So nodal returns are, you know, similar to oppositions. Um, They're events that reroute our lives. And it's when the nodes are in the same signs that they were in when we were born, um, which means like the eclipses are happening like near the same signs or whatever that they were in when they when we were born. So it's like a it's a time when your life is changing. Pluto was conjunct her natal south node and the south nodes um, are or the south node points to like what's getting eclipsed out of our lives. Pluto is power transformations, unpredictable insanity. And so um, Mercury had just retrograded in her progress chart in August of 85, so months earlier. And it's always significant when a planet stations retrograde or direct in your progress chart, that planet will suddenly it'll change um, energy in your life in some way related to the energy of the planet. And it's additionally significant when it's your time Lord for that year, um, uh, which it was for uh, Krista. So Krista's time Lord was Mercury this year and Mercury had just retrograded in her progress chart. I highly encourage you to look up progress charts. Uh, They're a really great predictive tool. So it's always significant when a planet uh, stations retrograde or direct in your progress chart, but it's additionally significant when it's your time Lord, if you're doing predictive work. So, the transiting south node was conjunct her progressed Mercury. And le- since it's her nodal return, the south node or the transiting south node is conjunct her natal south node. So we have this south node conjunction across all charts and her Mercury had just stationed retrograde at that point, And it's her timeline for that year, which means it's the most important planet in predictive astrology for her that year. Stationing retrograde in Scorpio, the sign of that often points to death. Uh, it's just kind of like. It's all, it's pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have, if she had said, hey, should I go into space? I'd say 100% fuck no.
2: (laughs) After the Challenger exploded, there was about a day of news where people were just like, what the fuck happened? Because something, I thought everybody was watching this shit live on TV, but that was not the case. Not that many people watched it live. However, a large population that did see it live were kids because- first teacher in space. So all of these like student, like schools were like putting this on TV to like show to them. So at first, after it happened, not that many media outlets like knew what to do, but basically the next day, everyone picked it up around the world and the news exploded. So what happened after this was the space shuttle program went on hiatus for like obvious reasons. And a commission was appointed to investigate. And they basically were like, Oh my God, NASA! You guys are the worst, and super messed up internally to the point that you violated your own safety rules, and now look what happened.
1: Yeah, and some of the biggest takeaways from the investigation—um—we'll spare you all the technical jargon, but you know NASA. Which we, was understand. Just- we understand. We understand. <laughs> Yes, because we are brilliant. And because I went to space camp, everyone, I just want you to know that. But uh, NASA was just trying to do too much with not enough money. And people knew that there were issues, but they didn't speak up or they blindly thought that, oh, it will be fine, which it was not fine. There also
2: was like a very big communication gap between the engineers that were making the shuttles and the people um, who were like on the NASA floor, like the managers of the expedition. And basically the engineers were saying like the quality control at NASA wasn't the best and that, you know, they were like, hey, red flag, red flag. And the NASA people just ignored the warnings, especially one that said it wasn't safe to launch in colder weather.
1: Classic mistake. Basically, don't go on a rocket ship in cold weather and don't go on a big boat in cold weather. Um, But the Challenger and the Titanic were definitely these very era defining disasters So wondering what the Challenger chart might have in common with the Titanic's chart.
0: So when the Titanic crashed, Uranus was in Aquarius and Jupiter was in Sagittarius. And when the Challenger crashed, Uranus was in uh, Sagittarius and Jupiter was in Aquarius. So we've seen this before where it's like planets that are in reverse signs. And at the very least, whenever this happens, like you can tell that those two years will in some way be related to each other. Right. Right and especially uh, significant is that they both occurred like the next eclipse for both of them was an Aries solar eclipse. So there are a lot of parallels here and right. So Uranus is the planet again of catastrophe and Jupiter is like optimism. Um, Aquarius is the collective. Sagittarius is like also optimism or Jupiter's like beliefs, you know, overconfidence um, or just confidence. And sometimes that gets, you know, inflated and like, it's all just about like Sagittarius like loves to explore. So it's kind of like the, the like the sign that's like, oh, yeah, we can do it. It'll be great. It'll be so fun. Like they're not like cocky always. Um, and Aquarius is about the, the collective and both of these events really impacted the collective so much that we are doing a podcast episode about it. Right. <laughs> um, and then just like these parallels kind of like make me want to go through uh, like all the placements of this year and see what like paralleled before it, because it's pretty wild. So the Challenger had Neptune in Capricorn. Um the Titanic had Neptune in Cancer. Neptune is the ocean. Neptune's also kind of like illusions. It's like like when you can't see clearly. So both of these like catastrophes could have been prevented but you just like couldn't see clearly, you know?
1: Yeah, and the Challenger broke apart over the ocean, yeah. right?
0: Yes.
2: Creepy. So Today, the Challenger disaster is a required case study reading for people who are trying to get their engineering licenses in places like Canada because they're better than we are, I guess. And that's because it shows the dangers of groupthink and messed up business ethics. Um, And a few decades later, the Columbia disaster happened which is literally the same thing again, where a bunch of astronauts died while re entering Earth's atmosphere. And, in this, and then an investigation again showed that NASA wasn't safe and it was still shady. So today we learn to be afraid of space and the ocean <laughs> and NASA because <laughs> they're the worst. <laughs> but space camp is really
0: fun. I bet I would go to space camp. I just wouldn't go to space. No,
2: I wouldn't go. Exactly. I would
0: go to adult go space, to space camp, camp, camp and be so, so not cool. space.
2: <laughs> it would be
1: great. Um, but yeah, so next week we're talking about the goat and that is the greatest of all time. Not our literal goat. That is Simone
0: Biles. <laughs> Hell yeah. But please leave us a five star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen on.
1: And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and DM us a screenshot of that review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it. Your friends will be so jealous, so you better do it.
2: Um, And make sure to follow us, Allegedly Astrology, on Instagram and Reddit and Hey Hero, and Allegedly Astro on Twitter. I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is
1: Allegedly Astrology. (laughs) I'll
2: never let go, Jack. (laughs) Look <laughs> Everyone's ears just start bleeding. <laughs>